Hello and welcome to Dinesh Guarda Cities ABC Open Business Council YouTube podcast series. We are here once again to continue profiling the global leaders and thought leaders that are changing the world and creating new platforms and new systems for us to have a bit more of capacity to enlarge our visions, our dreams, and to create new experiences, new businesses, and new technologies that can make us better in our society, in our cities, in our countries. We've been profiling some of the top personalities in the world for business, politics, academia, and a lot of different areas from entrepreneurs to scientists and uh, a lot of people that are thinking outside of the box. And that's what we're going to be doing today, talking about one of the things that I'm more excited, that is about uh, entrepreneurship and a new platform for NFTs and the creative uh, studio calling Fluxo. So I welcome to our series, um, Daniel Liu, that is the co-founder of NFT Creative Studio in Fluxo, that is, among other things, creating Ronaldinho NFT collection. So Daniel has a particular exciting background. He's quite young still, but is the director of Influxo, a premier native NFT, non-fungible tokens creative studio and partner of InBlockchain one of the most influential investment groups in the Asian crypto space. And uh, they've been incubating blockchain projects like Big One, Run System, Mobile Coin, and Mixin. Before this part of his uh, fast-growing career, Daniel has a mixed background working with the likes of Deutsche Bank and the other financial institutions and investment firms in Europe. And... Um, Within these institutions, he's been responsible for asset management, compliance, and angel investment, um, which brought, brought him to the financial industry, fintech, and blockchain space. Daniel studied in Frankfurt, and Maine, and Stuttgart in Germany, and Wuhan in China, and holds an MA from Frankfurt School of Finance. And uh, we're going to be talking particularly about Influxo, uh, for just as a small introduction, is a premier NFT creative studio with its own integrated marketplace backed by a team of the investors, including in blockchain, an investment group dominating the Asian blockchain space and uh, looking at uh, ways to creating decentralized technology and approaching this to different areas from sports to business to DeFi and the crypto world. So welcome to our series, Daniel. Looking forward to have this talk with you. Thank you, Dennis. It's a great pleasure to be here. It's also my honor too. So Daniel, I want to start uh, with the, so you have uh, um, a quite interesting background. So from China to, to uh, Germany, and then go back to Asia and all the different areas. So can you tell us a bit about your background, your education, how do you end up actually in Germany and now back to, to the Asian markets, a bit of your background on that. Yeah, for sure, Dennis. So I was born in China and then I took my bachelor's degree in, in, in China. So in Wuhan now, it's, it's very famous right now. So it's the, the origin of the, the pandemic. So, and um, most of my academic careers are certain around uh, law, economics, and also the culture studies. So and, and during my bachelor year, so I studied um, German studies and literature and languages as a minor major. So and then 
after graduation of my bachelor's, so I decided I, I should um, uh, I should went to Germany. So then I, I moved back to Germany. I spent uh, five or six years there, and first in Stuttgart and then in Frankfurt am Main, and then I ended up with um, because in Germany I studied at a business school, so it's many centered around about it's founded by the traditional German banks and, and financial institutions, and then I uh, naturally I ended ended up working there after my graduation and first in Deutsche Börse and then and, and in Deutsche Bank. So that's my, and that's my traditional um, uh, career. So first it's a financial academic career and then end up in the uh, traditional career in the financial institutions in Europe. And then in around 2015 or 2014, so um, Bitcoin came up and it, it, it sort of, be, uh, it, it sort of be, um, become huge enough and also in our uh, schools, we have talked about a lot of things about blockchains, how the fintech things, and how can they cooperate with the tra traditional financial career and something like that. So then I started to uh, look at the new space. So I, I don't think that I, I should end up with a traditional banker for, for my entire life. So I think maybe I can do something more as a young as a young uh, as a young people, then I can do something more. So I just. I look it back and I went back to China and then in Hong Kong, then I ended up in, in blockchain. So I was a, I am a partner of in blockchain. So um, as you said, um, we are incubating and seed funding some of the blockchain projects and owning um, blockchain projects. So in blockchain, as his name suggests, and we just uh, invest in a meaningful um, blockchain assets. And other than, other than that, we, we we were just shy of those sort of things. So, and yeah, that's basically my whole um, background and my career and what are, what are ended here before the influx. So, so let's let's go. How did you discover blockchain? Because mm -hmm. let's say if you work in financial organizations, normally blockchain until recently was not very taken in consideration and actually by especially big organizations was actually probably seen as a, a not so positive thing, let's put it that way. So can you tell us a bit about that background? How did you discover blockchain, crypto? How did you start getting in that? Having, of course, a, a strong footprint. Of course, right now it's becoming mainstream, but I'd like to see how you get into this and how you discover as well NFTs. Yes, um, um, that's an interesting story. So um, um, the founder of the in blockchain actually is a, a very big um, big Chinese big, um, Bitcoin whale and also a very... Um, great influencer in China, so influencer in China. So I think uh, since 2011, he wrote a blog about blockchain, uh, uh, wrote a blog about Bitcoin. So at that time, because I read his blogs and follow his blogs very intensively, so I got to know Bitcoin at that time. But uh, of course, I didn't purchase it because at that time, I think I was a, just a student. So I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I knew nothing about the practical investment so I'm, 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 I certainly I learned a lot of things about financial investment, portfolio theories, things from my universities, but I, I didn't really do that. But um, until 2015 and 2016, I think um, Bitcoin and crypto has a new bull run. At, at that moment, I think that kind of price action attracts me. That's the first thing. And second thing, um, in 2014, and um, actually in our university, so it's Frankfurt School of Finance, they already studied the blockchain center. 
So at that moment, I think at least in, in our school and also in our, maybe in German banks, uh, start to uh, get interested in blockchain. At that time, it's mostly about the hyperledger things or the union chain sort of things. So maybe they just um, don't think highly of Ethereum of those public chain, but they already study those sort of things. So, so end up with um, have a uh, a seminar with our professor, and then I ended up uh, have writing a thesis about um, the blockchain industry in China as my master's uh, thesis. So that's how we kind of get there. Of course, um, um, my job and as a traditional young banker, they have nothing to do with blockchain. Yeah, it's, it's just daily routine analyzing and the traditional financial markets and risk and, and, and uh, analysis, that sort of things, yes. So, so I'm particularly interested, so from this discovery of blockchain and your, your thesis, how did you start really trading and getting to this? And as well, how did you kind of uh, jumped from the very conventional China, uh, financial career, especially in the names of Deutsche Börse and, and Deutsche mm -hmm. Bank to the crypto and the blockchain world? Um, I mean, how, how do I start? Because um, at that moment, maybe today, it's still China still and dominates the, 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 the crypto industry as the exchange things. So the Binance, Wobi, and OKEX, they are the dominating exchanges there. So actually, I traded that. Uh, I, I traded um, as um, uh, on that exchanges. Also, I traded through the Bitstamp. I think at that moment, 2013 to 16, uh, 2016, and um, has always also made some names in Europe. So I think it's very easy for me, as, especially to use the euros to to deposit and withdraw and trading in Bitstamp. Yeah, and also at that moment before 2017, China didn't have any crackdown on the exchanges. So it's very, also it's very easy and accessible for, for us to trade on those exchanges. Yeah. Okay, so it was very practical solution <laughs> as well. That, that's actually one thing people forget when you talk about crypto that is very practical to, to send money from a country to another. It's kind of, especially for people like us that travel a lot. So I want to. So then, where did it come? Uh, your um, entrepreneurial, and then getting into Influxu, and as well in blockchain. So how did that start? And tell us a bit about what is Influx and what is in blockchain. But as well, how did how that started your engagement with these two organizations? Yes. So firstly, I am working at in blockchain. So uh, I, and I also I'm advising one of my portfolio companies. So he says big one, big dot, big dot one or big one.com is also a crypto uh, cryptocurrency exchange, and they are and they are being approached by um, Ronaldinho. They they are going to make an NFTs and they are going to have a proposal. So because a lot of people come to came to Ronaldinho and says, and, and we can have a new ideas about NFTs. So he asked me how can I propose a proposal for Ronaldinho for his um, specialized um, NFT things. So it's kind of like we, we should bid for Ronaldinho's favor to how we can do that. So um, after our brainstorm and also conception so we came up with the idea that we should make an, a new brand so it's not only a marketplace so at first because uh, we are going to make a marketplace it's like open sea or something like that um, for for those kind of nfts i think that it's more than that so it should be first a one-stop service 
for the celebrities because Ronaldinho, he's going to be the partner of uh, Influxo and he wants to bring other resources, his resources, his friends into this platform. And those celebrities and those uh, athletes and entertainment celebrity uh, stars and actually knew nothing about crypto, nothing about NFTs even. So we need to um, provide them a very professional one-stop service um, for them um, from the starter. So, um, so uh, for, for our Influx, so Ronaldinho collection, actually we made everything from Ronaldinho. So um, from the start, from the creation of the NFT products and also how could we de decide the price and how could we have the NFTs sell and how can we make this serious and also the, intang the, the intangible assets and also the tangible real world experience. How can we bundle those sort of things? Those sort of things, um, we just present Ronaldinho and of course Ronaldinho give us a lot of uh, um, precious advice, uh, precious advice. So um, then we end up in this one, the Influxo. So I, just say that um, and the things just happen, right? So can you explain, um, because your platform is, is particularly quite unique in the way you are dealing with the stars and in this case with Ronaldinho. So you mentioned that in one end is a partner as well. And mm -hmm. uh, for instance, in looking at your research and the things you guys are doing, there's definitely a lot of different things that you do. So let's separate what's the goal of Influxo and what's the goal of the platform uh, and the team of the investors that in blockchain? Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the in blockchain, of course, the, the, the main power technology partner of, of Influxo is big one. So they are the investors in this, the big investors in Influxo. So um, they are just, um, what we say, investors and stakeholders of this platform. And Influxo, it's a, firstly, it's a creative studio. So it's facing the celebrities, providing NFT consultancies and services for them. And also it's a marketplace. A marketplace is facing the consumers for the fans and for the crypto uh, people. So it's, it's, it's to the consumer side. So um, those are two things, of course. And what separates that? First, um, in blockchain and big one, they are investors. And um, in Fluxo, it's a separate brand uh, with its, um, uh, with its um, uh, a new vision and also uh, uh, its own um, kind of ideas and implement implementation plans. Yeah. And, and in terms of in blockchains, because I, I checked the in blockchain history, you guys created a quite substantial then that you are in, in, involved in some of the most important uh, benchmarks actually of the history of Bitcoin and, and the crypto from, from the first uh, acquisition of 130,000. 130, yeah. yeah, that's our founding partner. Yeah, that's our founder. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and as well, according to in blockchain, you got as well invested in Steemit, um, Zcash. We, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Can you we, tell us uh, a bit about that history because uh, it's quite the yeah, history yeah, of yes. as well. Yes, the founding uh, the, the, the founder of the in blockchain is Li Xiaolai. So he is uh, the as I said the Chinese whale, and it, maybe he's the first uh, real Chinese Bitcoin evangelist. So he he he, he so so he he wrote article about in, um, Bitcoin in two thousand eleven, and then he just kind of um, get into the. Uh, 
the, the industry. And as you mentioned, the steamit, the steamit, we are the first and maybe and the steamit, and we are the, 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 I think the founding shareholder of that. And I was not involved at that, 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 that kind of deal. So we are the, uh, I think, um, the, the majority stakeholder of steamit. And also before Stimit, I think Daniel Narimer, um, um, we have a very good relationship with him and um, the founder of EOS now and he, he just stepped out. So we founded Daniel Arimel, the first uh, uh, project. I think it's a, uh, uh, it's a bit uh, kind of advictus, I think, um, bit, bit advictus, it's a bit shares, right? So bit shares and then Daniel, and Aram, um, Daniel Narimel moved to Stimit. So we also support Stimit. And then we've, um, we, we just supported the EOS. The EOS, I think we are the largest angel investors in EOS and also Big One, our crypto, uh, crypto exchange also actually uh, helped to launch, uh, help uh, the main left launch of EOS in 2018 or 2018 in June. So we kind of wholly um, support that. And also we, um, our exchanges, I think, and have a, a, we have a very, very broad experience about ex exchange building. So before 2017, before the Chinese regulation, type regulation on exchange, we have a an crypto exchange called Yunbi, which is the top exchanges at that moment. But after that, of course, um, we kind of to submit to the Chinese regulators. So we just closed that and then we moved our resources and also our expertise to the overseas. And then uh, years later, we built big one, but that's another story. So Wimbi is a top um, traded volume exchange at that moment. And actually it is uh, the first Chinese exchange to list uh, Ethereum at that moment in 2015. And, and uh, um, until the recently um, history of record, um, we are the seed um, stakeholders of Puin. Puin is one of the largest Bitcoin mining uh, pool in China, right? Uh, actually, in the whole world, I think it's top one or top two nowadays. And also, we are the early, the earliest investor of mobile coin. So maybe you have probably heard of a mobile coin, which is the the, the Signals and cryptocurrencies project. So we are also very honored to be involved with a mobile coin project. Yes. Mm. So, so just for me to understand right now um, that the way you're putting together um, all these different things, um, and as well, I would like to touch um, what are the main difference that you see right now making transactions between China and the rest of the world? And I think in the light of everything that has been happening in the Chinese world in terms of crypto, how are you guys coping with that? I would like to hear that. And then I want to come back to the NFT platform. Okay. Yeah, I think many people overseas would like to ask about things. The, the, the recent Chinese policies or the crackdown on the cryptos. So there are two things about the the background of the Chinese policy. The first is the, the hype and the speculation around the, uh, the cryptocurrencies exchange, right? So they have a lot of scams and, and we, we call that the coins that comes out of air. So the air coins and also um, some of the, uh, the, the futures, the high leverage futures, those sort of things, I think the Chinese government will certainly ban on them. So as you can see, many Chinese located in, uh, exchanges are moving overseas 
to Hong Kong or to Singapore to find a compliance status and in those sort of things. And also the second um, serious things about this Chinese policy is that um, Chinese is going to crack down on the Bitcoin mining industry, right? So because um, China has made a promise about the carbon uh, emission and the, the, the Green Deal around 2000, to 2050, I think. So they are going to have the zero emission. So Bitcoin mining for the outsiders, it is a uh, energy extensive industry. So um, China is going to have a more regulated policy and more clear policy under the government control to uh, take an overview of the Bitcoin mining industry. So in that, at that way, China should put a stop on those mining industry at first. And also uh, in the last days, those many Bitcoin miners in China has guided themselves as a big data center or some, uh, some technology uh, AI learning center for such of things to get some tax advantages from the Chinese government. And those sort of things is uh, of course, are against the Chinese government's will. So those sort of things are also going to forbidden. And I think um, those two things, the mining industry, the Bitcoin mining industry, and also the, the, the high leverage crypto futures exchanges are going to have some different times in China, but they are going to move in overseas. So as you can see, the pooling, pooling, as I mentioned, they are going to Texas and to have their new business so they are going to have a new mining rigs and gigs and mining pools in Texas. And also they are also, because China is a large country and also they have very broad expertise in international business. Um, they have already extended their business overseas. And I think and there, there has been a difficult times. So I think in the end, um, they're going to survive it for the Chinese crypto space. And also the Chinese government will have a more a reasonable and also a more um, holistic and comprehensive policies about the crypto industry. Yeah. So I want to go back right now to how does uh, you touch a bit how Influxus works, but mm -hmm. uh, well, with with around like thirty mainstream global marketplaces, Influx is particularly different because, like you said, you guys are focused on being a studio mm -hmm. and working with both organizations. But I see as well that you work as well as the likes of OpenSea and a lot of other platforms. So can mm -hmm. you give us just a bit of an overview how Influxu is different from OpenSea, from, from uh, uh, Nifty Gateway, and as well how your business model works? Yeah, so um, the, the, the huge differentiators from Influxu is that we are positioned to be first as a creative studio. So our goal, or to say, is to say, broadly speaking, is to become a Hollywood in the NFT space. So we are not just a marketplace like OpenSea or Nifty Gateways. They just um, um, publish the minted uh, NFTs and then publish to the crypto markets. So we are just kind of serve as a bridge between the organizations and celebrities and also the distributors, maybe the OpenSeas, or maybe Amazon or PayPal because they are going to announce their own NFT markets. So we are kind of like in the middleman of the things. 
Uh, one of our founding partners is um, Andrew Figur. He served as the, the vice president of Figur Group, uh, which is a Brazilian uh, soccer agency. So his vision is that because um, our business should be more more of a tech, tech is a technology company, but more like a licensing company, and more like a agency company. So we kind of build build a bridge between these two types of space and to smooth the tra transition from the uh, real world into the crypto space. So that's how we position our position ourselves as an influencer, and that's. That's our main thing. So we're not just owning an, another marketplace like OpenSea or Lifty um, uh, uh, Gateway, but a whole package solution for NFT creation, issuance, distributions, sales, and maybe legal matters, taxations, and so on. Yeah. Very interesting. And, and for instance, the, the approach that you do is, let's say, like in a studio, you mint the NFTs and you create the profiles for the artists that come to you? or the, the celebrities, and then you distribute it through the major platforms like the likes of OpenSea and so forth. That's the way normally you work? Um, that, that's the way we are going to work. We also have our own marketplace, like the Influxo Ronaldinho collection. It will be primarily on our marketplace at first, and then it will be distributed to other, uh, other marketplaces to, to, to build more, to reach further audience. So um, we rely, actually our business model rely highly on the partnerships and licensing agreements. So we kind of like, we first go to the celebrities and organizations to talk and to, uh, to, to, to ask them to grant us the license, the likenesses, the, the intellectual property for us. And then we can reach out to other artists and uh, maybe our in-house artists to create those NFT, NFT products. So um, in terms of the Ronaldinho, in, uh, Ronaldinho uh, collection, Ronaldinho granted us, um, uh, he granted us the, the IP, the image rights, the likenesses rights of his NFTs. And then we search for artists for he, to how can we um, and take those, uh, those, those IPs into the, 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 the real products. So that's our working process. And then we will put those NFTs and into our own marketplaces. And of course, we are in talk with other uh, um, big NFT marketplaces like OpenSea, OpenSea and Nifty Gateway and Binance NFTs and to issue those NFTs. So in Fluxo, in this uh, sort of value chain creation process, we are an issuer. So we are an issuer like the, uh, like the Paramount or like other uh, filmmakers. So we are issuing for those things. And then filmmakers, of course, they can have their own cinemas and the movie theaters. But of course, they can also distribute their products to the, 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 the movie theaters around the whole world. So coming back right now a bit to broader into the industry, and I think I like the parallel between the studios of Hollywood and the digital part of the NFTs. So how do you want to differentiate in Fluxus uh, in terms of other studios that exist? Because of course, every studio, let's say if you look at, at the moment, if you make a parallel with the film industry, mm -hmm. we have mostly Netflix as the biggest studio in the world, at least in terms yeah. of outreach, which is no longer, is no, not a conventional film studio because it started as a streaming company, but now produces mm -hmm. more film than almost any studio in the world, uh, with the exception mm -hmm. probably of Bollywood, but Bollywood is a specific different market. So how do you see the parallel 
and as allow you see the the growth of nfts and the vision that we have in terms of the nft industry and as well in the other industries as well um I think that NFT is still a new world, right? So as we say that now our niche focus, focus is just the digital collectibles. So maybe we can extend our NFT um, practical areas into other spaces, like some, maybe one day, maybe some financial products or something like that. So our target audience are much broader than just uh, like Netflix or something like that. So it's just entertainment for entertainment. Maybe one of the days, one of the days, our digital collectibles can be used as of financial products and also maybe as a, um, a proven products or something like that. So that's one of the first things. And the second things is that in terms of our Influxos NFT products. So nowadays, the most, um, I think nearly all of the NFT products are just digitalized, but our uh, from, from the start, our vision is that, that our NFT products should be uh, serve as a bridge between the, the universe and the metaverse, it says, uh, which means that it's not only uh, just a digital uh, unique token in the crypto world, but also it can represent something in the real world. So for the Ronaldinho Influxo collection, our Influxo, uh, our Ronaldinho's NFTs not only represent a very uh, beautifully crafted and high quality digital collectibles on the blockchain, but it also represent a real world experience, such as um, a meetup in Dubai, and also some of the uh, complete collect, uh, card collectors can redeem an, a tangible Ronaldinho's autographed uh, jersey. So um, that's, um, that's uh, the second biggest differentiator for our Influxos in, um, NFT products. So it is that it's not only a, a thing in the digital world, but also it's a token representing a tangible experience in the real world. Uh, so, and, that, and I think in terms of your kind of at least short, medium and long term, so you are starting with Ronaldin. So, can you tell us about the, the, the partnership with Ronaldinho? So you, if you go to the Influx website, you can already see um, the information about the, 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 the NFTs, which is some, some very cool illustrations and stuff like that. So can you tell us how it works specific for people that are interested to buy the Ronaldinho, how it works and so forth? Because it's in the website, but uh, just a bit of this case study in particular. Yes, sure. And the, the, the live auction and also the stock share for Ronaldinho's masterpieces and um, his uh, unique the Magic Sports Series cards are going to be announced, I think, at the end of this month. So maybe next month. So at the start of next month. So there will be two product lines from these specialized Influxo Ronaldinho auctions. So there will be first masterpieces and the second is the Magic Sport card series. The masterpieces and the masterpieces is a seven-one kind of masterpieces NFTs, and they will be available for the auction. And the starting price a bit higher is a two is twenty k USDT. So people should pay in USDT. But of course, we provide a very easy and convenient crypto uh, credit card payment system to uh, for you to purchase um, the cryptos from the credit cards. Uh, and the, the the unit of count is USDT. So they are going to a bit for those masterpieces. So that's one of kind. And also the, another product line is um, the B Magic Sports Series Magic Cars. And those 
card editions depicting Ronaldinho playing different kinds of sports. So not only just football, but also his favorite sports like esports, um, football or something like that. And those kind of um, cars and are designed by Ronaldinho himself. Of course, not 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 manually, but his um, his whole ideas and conceptions are really into those six kind of cars. And those cars are going to be on sale for two ninety nine USDT. At the moment, as we look at the inception and the growth of the NFTs, because we're talking about an industry that is less than one year old, I'm talking about like, yeah. in a, of course, the NFTs were created before, but as an industry, we're talking around yeah less less than one year. So now, do you see the growth as someone that right now is leading as well this this route, and of course leading with a lot of ambition and as well with very strong investors and partners that come from the industry? So do you see this to become, because at the moment, if you look at the, the biggest sales of NFTs so far, uh, it's been in sports collectives, mm-hmm. uh, number one. And number two, actually, a lot of things related with, uh, with um, sports in general. So collectives mm-hmm. and sports. So do you see this becoming like, uh, uh, and of course, for instance, if you look at Gary Varenshek, one of the things he said is that, uh, um, I will quote him, collecting magnets, trading cards or exchanging banter over sports have all served as social currency. But could non-fungible tokens, NFTs, do the same for digital items? Uh, this will be bigger revenue for sports teams than TV rights. So you mentioned the studio metaphor. I would like to hear, go through this quote with you, but as well, how are you looking at this? And as well... Uh, purely from a data perspective for people listening to us. So, so far, for instance, in June, OpenSea, which is the biggest um, uh, NFT marketplace in the world, sold around $150 million. I don't have the numbers for July, but it should be more or less the same. Mm-hmm. And if you look in terms of, uh, as I mentioned, the sports and collected NFTs are the most popular, followed by art, although the art has been doing more, more, more noise. But definitely collectives is, I think, three times bigger than the art number of sales. And sports is still two times, almost three times the bigger than arts. And then it comes arts with third place, utility in fourth, games in five, which is more or less the same as utility, and in six, metaverse, which is AR, VR, and kind of different worlds. So can you tell us a bit about how you see this ecosystem and these numbers? Yes, I think that sports uh, and digital collectibles are certainly a very great entry point for the current market condition for the NFT market. Of course, sports and gaming and speculations, they are some kind of, uh, they are naturally kind of related. So if the people says that, okay, nowadays the, the, the sports collectibles and the, the sports collectibles are just dominating the market, and I think that's totally makes sense. And that's why we are breaking the NFT space at first as a, um, and to, to be a officially licensed sports uh, licensor for, for, for the NFT market. I think that's make totally sense. And of course, and sports, sports stars, athletes, sports march and sports match and all those sort of things, they can build a natural uh, elements for the gamification and also for the speculation for the market. I think it's very good. 
and of course it can help the, to promote the growth of this market. At the, at the later times, I think that NFT will become more broadly speaking, because at, at the end, the NFT is more than just uh, crypto art or sports or digital collectibles. It can be a way of tokenizing everything. So as I said, that it can be used as a financial products in the real estate markets and also maybe in the fence, uh, in the fence economics. So I think in this sense, I think sports certainly opens a door, an easy door, and to bring NFTs into the mainstream medium. But later on, as this market um, becomes mature, it will become more and more interesting and more innovative in this market not only for uh, the financial markets and also for those uh, athletes and stars themselves. They are going to have a more new ways in terms of how they can utilize uh, NFTs and how they can implement those NFT tokens in their uh, career and also in their interaction with their fans. That's a very good point. And I think we are only in the beginning of this. So. Um... I think we, we, we're reaching our time, but I still want to touch one or two things related with the way you want to create the ecosystem. So normally the strength, as you said, of any business and you coming from financial industry, you know better than anyone else, is how you bridge the ecosystem between the, the NFT world and the real world of the solutions, like you mentioned, from making bridges of tokenizing uh, assets, creating certifications for anything from companies to anything else. So from your experience in finance and experience right now in blockchain and crypto, what do you think are the challenges that the industry still needs to go to make a more environmental and sustainable, but as well more, I would say, um, I think empower the industry? Because of course, at the moment, we still have very small people that understand how to do an NFT. And although there's a huge hype, which is one of the biggest ones probably that we saw since the, the ICO boom or even bigger, because now it brings much bigger personalities. And at the end of the day, when you buy an NFT, we actually are buying something physical. It's not the same as buying a token or stuff like that. So what would be this kind of the biggest uh, challenge that you see when it comes to the NFT industry and general related topics? Yeah, I, I think um, uh, what NFT, what, what are the biggest challenges uh, the NFT are facing now, it's also maybe the biggest uh, challenges the crypto industry are facing right now is how we can um, deal with the regulators and how we can uh, um, to experience and to take those, tackle those challenges uh, as we go into the mainstreams. So as we said that the, the NFT industry is somewhat different kind of is somewhat different from the the normal tokenizing uh, listing crypto industry so it has to work with the real people and those people are completely strange to the crypto world so you have to talk to them and um, those kind of issues uh, ranges from the legal issues and also the financial issues taxation issues the 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 the, the, the all those sort of issues and those are the real things. The crypto people always like to think that if we can make a token and then and everything will be solved. That's not true because um, crypto world is of course is a grow is a is, is a blooming industry and it's a growing world, but we still live in the real world. And our goal is to blurring these boundaries between the two worlds and we have to um, go to the uh, uh, go to the 
the, the real world and to talk and to tackle those concrete questions and solve those con concrete questions. In terms of NFTs for the digital collectibles, officially licensed NFTs for Ronaldinho, how can you tackle his um, image rights? And how can you say we have a meetups in Dubai? How can we arrange those sort of things? Those sort of things cannot be solved by blockchain. Of course, blockchain provides a good platform for that because people nowadays are, most of their lives are spent in the digital world. So blockchain kind of provides this infrastructure for them. But how can we bring those um, real experiences in the real world into the digital world? Blockchain is not only the solution of that. We, what we need more is also our old um, experiences and our old lessons from those sort of things. So I think that's really, really, really important and very, very big challenges we, we're going to face right now. So is how can we bring our ideas, our innovations and our thought provoking um, experiences from the crypto world to the, to the real mainstream world? I think Denise and you and your teams are doing a wonderful job about, of, that, of that. I saw the, 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 the NFT introduction short videos and before I, I, I went into the interview, I think it's very comprehensive and holistic. I think it's very thought provoking and it can provide a good educational material for that. And for Influxo, our goal is also to bring, uh, to build a bridge between these two worlds. For the, for the mainstream world, maybe they, are, they just um, adore soccer games, adores one of those um, athletes. And also the athletes are looking forward to a new, an area of business. And of, of course, at the other side, the crypto fans, they are thinking that tokenization of everything is the future. And how can we bring these two worlds together and, and in the end into the one world? I think that's our mission for the Influxo. And that's the challenge we're going to overcome. And I think in the end, we can certainly make it. Thank you so much. And I think this is really important. And that's kind of my goal as well is about through education. I think we can actually create a lot of things. But like you said, there's a huge amount uh, of, of work to do. And it's quite interesting. You are having this call um, on the 10th of August for people listening to us in the future. And, and what is interesting is that the US uh, yesterday was quite interesting. There was a big discussion about crypto in the US Senate. And uh, what is interesting is according to the numbers, only five senators understand uh, crypto. I'm not talking NFTs. I'm talking yeah. crypto. So we have a long way to go. And if this happens in the biggest economy in the world, and as well, even in China, as you mentioned, there's a lot of challenges because, of course, uh, uh, the, the challenge right now is how to put the, the centralized and non-centralized systems working together. And, and as this goes and grows, of course, the NFTs don't really have any kind of big regulatory issue because they are effectively digital certificates like you you have already a lot of digital certificates. They just are, are done in a technology that can be better scaled. So, well, I, I wish you all the best for, for Influxus. I don't know, just for people listening to us because you still have, uh, you're quite a young platform. Um, can you tell us where we can find Influxus? Uh, well, of course, we're going to put all these links, but I think it's always good to listen from you. And as well, I don't know if you want to highlight besides Ronaldinho, and people that want to buy Ronaldinho, where to do it, and eventually other things coming, if you can announce some of them. Yes, so in Fluxo, people can find in Fluxo and all the uh, related um, uh, Ronaldinho's collection auction information at 
Influxo.com is I-N-F-L-U-X-O.com. So actually the Influxo is a Portuguese name. So it's kind of like the saying, I think Denise, you, you speak of course naturally perfectly Portuguese. So it, it has the same origin of influence. So we kind of like to bring the influencers to the crypto world, into the crypto world. That's one of our ambition. And of course, um, for Influxo as a creative studio, we are going to roll up a lot of pipelines, not only from Ronaldinho himself, but also his very close friends. But um, I cannot tell you more about that. Maybe some of the athletes and also some entertainment stars. Um, but of course, stay tuned. And also, we're going to have some several offline events um, uh, around the world. Like in Singapore, we're going to have a Ronaldinho's uh, Influxo collection and, and printed in real and in the, the digital iPad or something like that to have a very good curated exhibition in, at Art Now in Singapore. I think it will be take place in two weeks, I think. And, and let's, let's, let's wait and see in terms of the lockdown, there are some limitations here, but we're going to do some uh, offline events in Singapore and also in, in Korea and Japan and some days. So um, please and stay tuned. And I think we are just uh, at the beginning. Oh, congratulations and uh, i'm looking forward so um, we'll put all the links to influxo and mm -hmm. i think it's really like fantastic of course that you have one of the biggest football players in history actually uh, mm -hmm. engaged and it's interesting that you are not only just uh, that he is as well part of the platform so that makes you a much more contextualized and as well as quite a an international team because we are from brazil to china to hong kong and a lot of different things which makes the project much solid and much more powerful so congratulations. Uh, I'm looking forward to listening from you guys. And uh, I'm sure that you're going to be probably talking in the near future about your new developments. I'm looking forward to see the next ones. And I think for everyone listening to us, definitely go to the website and search and look. And we put all the links here in this interview, both on YouTube and or, or for people listening in podcasts you can find as well in our platform, citiesabc.com and openbusinesscouncil.org. Thank you so much, Daniel. A pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Likewise.